Welcome back to our 76th episode of the Launcher Farm Show, where I interview Patricia Guernsey with Royal Page in Belleville. In this episode, Patricia and I talk about why it's important to be part of community causes you actually care about and are interested in if you want to build the best connections and actually enjoy doing it. And Patricia shares how volunteering can be more impactful than just writing a check to a cause you care about because you get to know people and the businesses that you wouldn't normally. And Patricia shares what you should do to not be salesy when you're getting involved and how to build relationships that actually matter. And she shares a super easy way to leverage your interests, family, or other things in your life that you've got going on to find opportunities to get involved. And Patricia shares how you can get even more from your connections to build a steady flow of leads that can fill your business funnel, plus a ton of other ideas that you can use to grow your geographic farm. So be sure to check out this episode, like and subscribe, and enjoy the episode with Patricia. Welcome back to another episode of the Launcher Farm Show. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and today we've got a great guest. It's Patricia Guernsey from Royal Page in Belleville. So Patricia, take a second, tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Hi, I'm Patricia Guernsey. I'm located in Belleville, Ontario. I'm about uh, two hours east of Toronto, and um, and uh, also uh, Ottawa's just on the other side of us, about two hours. So we're located right in the middle on the beautiful Bay of Quinney, and we work the Prince Edward County, Quinney West, uh, Belleville surrounding areas, and, and it's uh, lovely down here. Awesome. So, it's a beautiful, beautiful drive out there and beautiful stops all along there. I, I love that trip from Toronto to, to Ottawa. It's just a, an amazing way. So we were like the best kept secret in Ontario until recently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's tell us a bit about your yourself and your business, how you got into the business and, and what that looked like at the beginning for you. It's so funny. There's so many facets to that story, but I'll try to pick <laughs> one that's interesting. Um, I've been in the business now for almost 27 years. Uh, I got in quite young when I was about 21 Wow. 22. I got into the business. I was a bartender before that. Believe it or not, a lot of people that came in, they were real estate agents. I thought, oh my God, these people, like this is back in the 80s. They drink a lot. Like I, was, <laughs> yeah. I thought, how how difficult can this be? Like, of course, you know, I find that out differently later. Yeah. But I got into the business young. I worked for a year. I cried for like a year straight. <laughs> I got out of the business because I thought, oh my God, I can never do this. I don't have thick enough skin for it. And then somebody found me, um, and this is before teams and associates and so forth were not even thought of in Ontario. And uh, this gentleman asked me to come for an interview. I had a license and I did, and I wasn't really wanting to get back into the game. Uh, but I did, um, he kind of talked me into it. And so I came back as his um, administrative assistant, which, okay. which is if anybody who knows me, I'm not a very good speller. I can hardly put a <laughs> sentence structure together. That's not my forte. Yeah. And this is back before email was even around. I didn't even have a computer. Like we didn't have data lists and that sort of thing. So I just kind of did what I was told to help him. I got my license back off the shelf about three months later. And I spent five years with him and he was a huge top producer for Royal Page. We did amazing amount of transactions together because I was his cleanup crew. Basically he yeah. had the business, but what he taught me was this business is really not about selling houses. That's the widget, yep. but this business is about business and how to run the business. And once I figured that out, it was like a total game changer for me from there. And yeah, that- here we are 27 years later, very successful, lots of agents that work for me and I would never turn uh, that page backwards now. Yeah, that's that's a huge 
aha for a lot of agents. And some of them, unfortunately, don't get to that point to realize that it is a business and need to treat it like a business. And they see the, especially nowadays, they see the flash on TV. They watch the shows and think it's just yes. this big lifestyle luxury thing and they get to do whatever. And the reality is the sooner you turn it into a business, the sooner you're going to thrive and the easier it is to build on and grow into something like yourself or, or whatever you, d- you decide and whatever level you decide to do. So yeah. I want to talk about for you because the, the, the thing I really want to dive into today is, is the involvement in the community and, and how you've got your hands in, in kind of almost, almost all the pies in the community as far as getting involved, yeah. what that looks like for you and how you translate that into business. Because a lot of agents would love to get more involved. And one of the things I teach is getting involved in the community and, and being a part of that through your, your farm. How, how does that look like for you? What did it look like to get, when you got started really doing that? And, and how has that kind of progressed over the years? You know, you're absolutely right. Like I consider being involved in the community no different than a farming area. And, you know, we all do different types of farming areas. And I'm sure you and, and I can see from your list of uh, previous speakers, you, you've dove into that, you know, and that's part of your regular repertoire. Um, but the reality comes down to as I look at the community involvement as farming. I, although I'm very outgoing and I love to be silly and I am a very entertaining person, if you know me personally and one on one but I don't appreciate being in large crowds, giving speeches, so big events and things like that, although I host them and I can run them for a charity event. I don't particularly like doing them for myself, although I have done them in the past and thank God COVID came into bail. So I've had to do those lately, Um, but uh, we miss them. But here or there, I have found being a part of the community with volunteer roles on boards, and being involved that way, not only by writing a check, but also being involved in the organization and the shaping of the organization is like farming. So although I don't go in there with a big poster saying, I'm Patricia Guernsey selling real estate, you get to know people of different parts of the city or business associates, especially that you would not normally socialize with socially if they're not in your bubble or they're not in your social circle. And you really start to broaden your horizons of what they do so the funniest part is you may be talking about animals or children or whatever your subject is but afterwards and before uh one-on-one or even on a social small circle everybody always wants to talk about real estate yeah so you kind of translate one into the other they're there for a great cause i consider myself an intelligent person i'm level-headed i like to be involved in those things and so they get to know me as a person and my ethical, my ethical, you know, situations, what I believe in, how I think, how I feel, so they can make a judgment on your character. And yep. then when they talk to you about real estate, what they're doing is they're saying, I'm trusting you with this knowledge. I, I'm now I'm curious. And it's yep. just little by little what happens. And then they expand their circle. And as you get to know them over the years, you become their trusted source and you kind of migrate into their lives. Indirect. <laughs> exactly. And that, that ties directly into the thing I teach all the time, which I call CPR. And I, we talked about it before when we were chatting, but it stands for community positioning and relationships. And the, the key to making any real farm work or any community involvement work is you have that community, you have the people you serve, you have them, you put them first and foremost, then you position yourself as an expert and the ambassador. And for yourself, the ambassador is the, the key part of what you're doing is you're, you're getting involved and in giving back to the community that you are serving, you're positioning yourself as that person who's the expert by knowing a lot of people, knowing a lot of things that are going on in the community. And then people, like you said, learn to trust you. And then eventually they build relationships with you. And then they just come to you because it's it's a no brainer to do that. 
the relationship furthers and then and then you, you strengthen that overall, which is a huge part of really understanding the fundamentals. And if you can figure that out and do it in a way you enjoy, it becomes that much easier. And it sounds like the things you do are, are something you're passionate about and, and things you care about. And the authentic, authenticity comes out even more because people know that you truly care about those causes. You hit the nail right on the head. And I love the fact that you teach that because I don't think so many, you know, the funny, the funniest part is I find about real estate agents mostly is that they go, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, you know what? That's bullshit. You just don't <laughs> yeah. organize. Sorry, I shouldn't probably. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> they don't organize their schedules properly. Yeah. You know, so if I know I have a hospital board meeting every Thursday at four o'clock, every on the last Thursday of the month, I put it in my calendar from, you know, up from 3.30 to 5.30. I know it's only an hour long, but I want to make sure I get there a few minutes early to be social a little bit, you know, for who's yep. there. And obviously these things have been a little different over Zoom lately, yep. but, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful they're starting to come back and there's been a few committees that have sort of resumed, you know, in smaller portions of it, but, you know, in a half an hour afterwards, you're not running right out of there. And too many people look at that and say, oh, I, uh, a, a situation comes up about a house. Well, if you were with another customer through yep. that time frame talking to them about their house, you would not reschedule that. You would say, I'm sorry, I'm busy at that time frame. Can we meet at 5.30 or can we meet at 3 or beforehand? Yep. And you would do things accordingly. So whether I'm at a hospital board meeting or whether I'm meeting with a client, to me, it's an appointment is an appointment. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, if I'm going to pick up my husband and we're going for lunch, yeah, he might get bumped. I'm not going <laughs> to. But it's, you know, and we've all done it even when we're really highly organized, but you have to treat those things as like, as an investment into yourself and into your job, just like anything else you would do. Right. So it's, it's prioritizing it and putting that first. And I think if you do that and you, that the business will come and then people are the ones who say, I'm too busy and they don't have time are the ones who don't prioritize, but then they don't end up getting the business because they're not prioritizing the business generating things, which is exactly catch 22. The fact that I'm there for every meeting, unless I'm on holiday or out of the country or something similar, which I would inform them ahead of time, but is that you become a dependable person. You're there as a constant. You, you can recollect what happened last meeting if something comes up or three meetings before. You're not a hit and miss because when people don't prioritize those things, they become, oh, well, they don't really know what's going on. Yeah. You know, they understand they're not prioritizing that committee or that board or that community involvement so therefore why would why would they think you're important to them if you're you know as vice versa it's a yeah exactly. that, right the other thing i think that a lot of agents do is they want instant business and that's human nature to want instant gratification and i think that there's a time and a commitment you have to put into like you said build that trust and, and build the relationship to people you don't just show up to a board meeting or show up to some volunteer event, event and then go oh how come i didn't get business it's not worth it and then you, you drop it it's it is oh, a yeah. it's a commitment you, you deposit every month or every time you're doing that and, and you can withdraw down the road but you have that's to invest. Right. You cannot withdraw quickly. It is an investment and it is just like a bank account. Like you said, you got to make your deposits, make your deposits, make your deposits. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, that was worth it. <laughs> you know, but I like to think, obviously I choose things to do that I enjoy and I want to be more knowledgeable about. So therefore it's a win for me automatically. And, you know, as much as I love real estate, I want to do everything <laughs> in, in real estate. It's the same way. I'm not a landlord. And I get that lots of people are in my business and I'm not trying to suggest that's right or wrong. Yep. That is so similar to real estate. 
but you almost want a little bit of extra or different sort of so that you're not so it's it's really opens your mind to other things and it gives you a source of information that you wouldn't normally have it allows you to talk to different types of people when the opportunity comes up and educate them and they see you as a source in the community when you're knowledgeable about what's going on as well. It's amazing what I've learned of even about COVID. You know, we all listen to the to the radio or, or to the news source, but being on the hospital board, the things I've learned about COVID, about what goes on in behind the scenes mm-hmm. and the things that happen in the hospital and their trials and tribulations. And, you know, what you think you hear in the media is one thing, but what really goes on behind closed doors is another. You'd have a lot more empathy for them if you really knew what was yeah. going on and the struggles and the costs and everything that goes on there. And I feel as an ambassador, when I'm talking to people to share that information, you know, obviously not confidential stuff, but sharing information about what's happening down the pike and people have a real sense of, oh, I I didn't know that. Like, thank you for sharing that. And and I love the fact that I can be an ambassador that way for different charities. Exactly. And that keeps you energized too. And and one of the things I I talk about all the time is setting a budget. And I talk about, it's not just a financial budget, there's a time budget and there's an energy budget. And if you are doing things you don't like, if you're doing things that you can't stand, it zaps your energy budget and you don't, you don't have the energy to do it. If you're doing things you're actually passionate about and you care about and you are actually bringing you energy, then you can do more of it. You'll enjoy more of it. And you'll be able to do back-to-back meetings and different things and, and be part of those things because it's something you care about. And I always tell agents, like, find something in your community that, that you care about and start with that. And there's so many people who are looking for this one size fits all cookie cutter response on how do I do farming? And I always tell agents, it's like, it's, it's going to be customized to you and, and what you like and what your community needs and what you can provide as far as time and energy. So you have to figure out what is, is worthwhile and something that you, you're passionate about. And I think obviously that's something you, you've done. I want to go back to getting those first things started because obviously the first few things when you got started what what did that look like versus nowadays because well, it's, I'm funny, sure it's was, changed that's exactly what's running through my head as you were just speaking and I thought you know I didn't just wake up one day and say oh I want to go on the hospital board and I was yeah. invited like that did not happen that way at all yeah. I mean uh, you know I I consider it a great honor to be on there but certainly was not my first you know kick at the can when I was younger and had two little kids and although I did well in real estate you know I wasn't seriously the way I am today in real estate. I was not a household name in my area. Mm. I, you know, you had to think about what you could do and what you couldn't do. Well, the first thing I did was I, I joined the PTA at the school. And, and, and trust me, nobody wants to make spaghetti less than me <laughs> or hand out pizza. But yeah. you know what? That was the job. And, uh, and getting to know six or seven other women whether they were at home or working or whatever it was, it didn't matter getting to know them and getting to understand them and what the school needed and what it needed and how those things worked and function. Again, you have more empathy where they are and where they're coming from and getting to know the faculty and so forth and how you can help. That was the first start. And, you know, it was a way for me to be at my kid's school, see what was going on at lunchtime, handing out pizza. There was a girl that worked in my office and her child went to the same school and I'd say, come on, let's go. It's Thursday. We're going to give up pizza. And yeah. she'd look at me and roll her eyes and I'd pick <laughs> her up and I'd make her go. And, you know, it's funny. Every time we went, she always said, that was a lot of fun. I'm going to go next time. But, you know, next month would run around and the same thing would happen. It all starts there. I met some, you know, I met a woman who ran a, an alarm system company. I met, you know, three or four housewives. I met other people that were married to principals and doctors. So that grew into one other thing. 
you know, and then it got into that children's went into the children's foundation and then working with them side by side with the schools and then asking for somebody, somebody asked me to come onto that board. And I was scared. I was like, well, this is serious now, you know, and when those people I got to know, and I spent 10 years with them on that board and went through it, chair, but what I knew was marketing. So I could help them with marketing. I brought them to the forefront. I felt that uh, that was my contribution and their, their signature events were, you know, a little less than a bit awkward, but here and there, they were amazing events by the time I left. Well, those people I met on that board, you know, they went on to other boards and they were larger business owners in the area, you know, people way beyond my social circle. They went to the hospital board. And when I was finished at the children's, you know, they asked me to come to the board, the hospital board. So one leads into the other and not over committing is obviously a big thing. So I wouldn't sit on right now. I'm currently on two boards, but I'm past chair of the hospital. So my, my, my time commitment is much less. So I just joined Habitat for Humanity. They've been after me for five or six years. I finally gave in and said yes, and I don't have a big role with them. Yep. But I want to be a part of it. I'm learning about it. I'll decide yep. later whether I want to take on more, you know, so it just progresses. That's that's the key part. And you don't know what opportunity is going to open up at when. And then that's where a lot of people are trying to map their whole next 10 years out of, of these things. And I would say, get involved and then see what happens because you don't know who's going to connect with who and, and how you're going to open up the next door and, and where that's going to become well, what it's going to become because you don't know. That's right. And do something you're already doing. And, you know, a big part of my life, my, my uh, youngest son played rep hockey. And, uh, you know, so if any parent that's got a rep hockey player, they know what hell that is running up and down <laughs> the 401 yeah. and time commitment. And I want to be a part of it because I enjoyed the games. I enjoyed the camaraderie with the parents. It's funny. Everyone kept telling me that was going to happen. And I was like, no, well, <laughs> I was sucked right in like anyone else. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be here, I may as well be the team manager. So, you know, I managed the team. So I got to know the parents even better. I was in charge of fun things. It was good. I I enjoyed doing it. And, you know, again, getting to know 16 parents, right? And every year of those teams, those relationships have come back to me over the years when the time is right for them to either have moved or a trusted source to call and ask something of confidentiality. You know, you hate when they're divorcing or something like that but you tend to be the call or the source of information that they tend to, you know, reach out to or tell their friends to call. And, and that is, you know, just as good as farming as anything else. Yeah, exactly. It's, it comes down to the relationships and that's really what the key of all farming is or any, whether it's geographic, demographic, sociographic, whatever it is, it comes down to those relationships you build. And the, the stronger those relationships, the more your business you're going to do, the more people will refer you and, and the better overall business you're going to have. And that's why you can't look at it from a transactional perspective. And so many agents just, focus on the transaction, even though you do treat it like a business, the business is the relationships. And when you can build those strong relationships, you can enhance your business. So I, I want to ask you then, how do you parlay real estate into those relationships? Because I find a lot of agents struggle with it, of not breathing down their neck of saying I'm in real estate, but still letting people know without being sleazy salesy and, and, and coming across as you're there for business. That is a diff- difficult balance. Like, and at the beginning, um, you know, when I was not more of a household name, uh, I, I, you know, I, again, I hardly, now that's, this is different for every person, but I very, very seldomly ever spoke about real estate. But then when the topic would come up and somebody would say, oh, ask Patricia, she, mm. she's in real estate. 
it would come naturally and then more and more. And it became, you know, as I grew to in my business, I became more of a household name in the local area. So I will say that is, that is very organic. And it was nice that that happened because now I go to the grocery store and pay with my visa. They look at the name and they go, are you Patricia Burns who sells real estate? I say, (laughs) yeah, you know, and then of course the grocery girl's asking me about a house that's sold next door, but that happened slowly over the years. And, and I didn't force that down anyone's throat. Now, other people may have taken a higher tactic about that. I didn't have a lot of swag back then with my name on it. I don't wear a ton of it now, but if I did, I would wear that more now to mm. be more appropriate. So I wouldn't have to go up and say, hi, I'm Patricia Grinzi. I yeah. sell real estate. That yeah. to me is very arrogant. But if I had a Team Grinzi hat on, you know, with a pom-pom on it, Somebody might say, oh, uh, do you work for Team Guernsey or, you know, how that that might be a natural conversation. So I think it's a matter of a comfort zone of what you do and how you do it. The one thing that I've always, always, whenever somebody interviews me, if I'm on stage with Richard Robbins or wherever I am, is don't try to be something you're not. Do something that makes you, you, and you will attract like-minded people. And that's the key of the person you want to work with. I don't want to work with jackasses that are trying <laughs> yeah. to do things, you know, uh, behind people's back and stuff. That's not my shtick. They, they wouldn't even like me because I'll, yeah. I'll be always trying to put them on the straight and narrow or something along those lines. Because as we all know, people say, how does that agent get those people? Because they're such idiots. We all have them in our market. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they're a drunk at the bar, they're attracting other drunks at the bar. Yeah. You're an exercise nut, they're attracting other exercise nuts, you know, and if you're a community pillar and on boards and and giving back to the community doesn't always have to be about money, then you're attracting other like minded people like that. So you find your niche. Exactly. And so that ties in perfectly to the next question I was going to ask is (laughs) growing the team because you had a team, you got people working for you. How have you attracted those types of people who are part of that? And how do you bestow or get them to be or do you get them to be involved as well is it you doing your thing or are they doing their own thing or or are you kind of doing it collectively to to get involved no i because first of all i make a point of never hiring anybody on my team that's like me i want different people because i want them to be i want us to complement each other i want different strengths on my team and too many and we all did it and i did it myself years and years ago when i first started my first team member I, I, I hired somebody that was like me, that I wanted to spend time with, that I felt connected to, that I, but you know what happened is we started going for lunch too much and we're in the car <laughs> doing the same thing and yeah. we're driving around together. Well, that's not productive, <laughs> you know, but at the beginning it's exciting and that's what you think you need, right? But then, you know, you start realizing, okay, I, I can't do this. I have to hire people that are not like me. So a lot of more of my staff, I will honestly admit, are not quite as outgoing as I am. They're amazing caregivers. But when you get a client, nobody's going to look after them better. Not even me. They don't. They look after them. But the great thing is they don't have to run a business and they don't have to worry about it. They just have to caregive for that client. So when something like McHappy Day comes up at McDonald's, because I'm friends with the owner and, you know, he's become a client of mine over the years because I sit on a board with him and he invites me to McHappy Day and I'm in the window at 12 o'clock shift. That's where I am because I have my personality. I open it up to my team and say, who would like to come with me? Some years I get takers and some (laughs) years I don't. And that's okay. I don't force them to do it. But for the most part, two or three of them will say, yeah, we'll come. 
though, you know, one will do fries, one will be in the front, one will be cleaning, whatever it is that they're assigned to do. They're not as vocal as I am. So they allow me to take that bullhorn a bit more. And I love the fact that they're nurturers behind the scene because I want my clients to well looked after if they're not looking. That's yeah, and that's a great and that's a great advice because obviously you know your strengths, you play to your strengths, and then you fill in the gaps. And that's where again I find a lot of agents struggle where they do the same thing where they connect with someone who's similar to them because it's easy to connect with someone who's got similar personality, but then they still are missing those gaps in their business. And like when it is a business, you need to fill the gaps, and that's where you replace yourself with other people who can't who can do the work better than you can. And that's that's huge. You're, you're right. And so I will tell you when I'm hiring people, oftentimes, if I'm interested, I will get them to fill out a personality profile. So some use discs, some use colors, whatever it is that you use. Yep. I get them to fill that out before I even talk to them because mm. they could be the most amazing person on paper and be the most amazing person at that job. But if their colors don't or their discs or their profile does not fit into the job that I'm trying to create or position that they need to be in yep. and they don't complement the people around them. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster right from the beginning. So plugging that in is difficult. It's not always 100% correct. But over the last 15 or 20 years or 18 years, we've done really well. Like I have staff that have been with me for 16 years, Wow. 17 years. Uh, the next one's 10 years. Another one's five years. And the only reason they're five and four years is because that's when I hired them. Yeah. And that's, uh, that, that's good. And that's a testament to, again, what you're doing and yeah. choosing the right people and giving them the right roles for, for what <laughs> what's good for them and then what they're going to excel at and hire slow and you know the least the worst thing you can do is talk somebody into coming to work for you because they're not invested Uh, when you have to talk somebody into coming to work for you stay away (laughs) completely when they come to you and say i'm applying for this job and i'm so excited to be a part of this team and i love what you do in the community and i love your marketing and your branding well they're already invested now you pay attention and yeah. are they the right person for the job? Exactly. That's great. I want to shift gears a bit and, and ask you a little more off question. Sure. Has there been anything that you've been involved in where you put the time in and you've got involved and then go after a while, you're like, man, this just isn't worth it. It's not worth, it's not paying off. It just is not worth the time and energy for me. Or have the, is just, do you, do you count that as a loss? And you just go, Hey, I'm, I'm because I care about it. Like, what does it look like for you? Or have you had that experience? Well, first of all, if I'm going to be involved in something, I like to think that I want to be involved in the first place. (laughs) How it paid off in business shouldn't matter. That's, that's just a back, that's just a back door benefit in in my world. So if I'm going to choose to get involved, it's always going to be for the right reasons to begin with, because I enjoy doing that uh, as a secondary aspect. And sure, some things have paid off more than others, but I don't see it as a waste of time. Did I learn something? Hopefully, yes. I did it grow as a, did I grow as a person? Hopefully, yes. Otherwise, yep. you know, I wouldn't have hopefully not have been there. And, you know, I also believe that, and I try to tell my staff this too, like when you make a mistake, uh, there's nothing wrong with that because what you learned from it was way greater than what you probably got from it. Yep. And if you go around life and don't make mistakes, well, you're a pretty one, <laughs> one dimensional person because yeah. either you're so scared to take a risk and you stay in the safe zone that you'll never get ahead or do anything amazing. Or you think you don't make mistakes, but to me, the more mistakes you make, the better you are, the faster you're gonna get to where you wanna be and you learn something out of it. So, you know, is a mistake really a problem? I don't see it that way. I look at the bright side, go, well, you know, even when my agents make a mistake, I go, well, you won't do that again, will you? (laughs) I go, well, 
then it will save you 10 more deals over the next five years than you'll ever lose because of it. So it's yeah. a good thing you only lost one doing it. That's exactly. all. Yep, that's great advice. So I want to ask you then, how do you choose what you get involved in and put your time in? Because obviously, the bigger you're getting, the more popular you become, the more of a household name you are, there's more opportunities probably than you can keep up with. How do you, like, or what filter do you use to say, hey, this is something I'd like to spend time on, or I'm going to have to pass? Part of it is interest sake, um, you know, in, in what it is, like, you know, just at a pure topic, if nothing else. Yep. I will say I do look around to see if there's any other real estate agents on the board. I'm not going to lie. Like (laughs) other real estate agents on the board, I'm probably not going to be as interested, not because I have any issue with it. Just, you know what? Let them be them. That's their, I I, I don't need to be in their lane. Um, I have had other boards when I'm on them have other real estate agents come on and I don't have a major issue with that. I'm sure what I like to not, (laughs) I'd love to lock it up, but I mean, that's not for me to decide either. So I want to contribute what I can to it and just be a part of it. That's exactly it. So I kind of look at the cause. I want to make sure that they have a good reputation. I don't want to be associated with something that doesn't. I also take a look to see what, you know, what is it going to teach me and what opportunities may it bring down later? I'd be remiss if I didn't think about those things or who I might meet. And, And I just, if I purely enjoy what it's about, then I think it's not a loss regardless. And I always come in small as a director. I just listen for like a good half a year, a year. I don't get too involved. And then I decide what course I want to take in that charity or board or community involvement, whatever it is, how much I want to get involved. Do I want to take it all the way and be, because it's a a great opportunity, or do I want to just hold back and be a support system, you know, and be that person that's minimal. So I decide once I figure it out, I do not go in there with preconceived notions and expect to take over the joint at the beginning because many times I've been half involved and then I go, yeah, this is not something I want to be a part of. It seems more problematic than not, right? Exactly. And I I find my own experience that there's kind of seasons and and life cycles with some of these things as Mm. well, where it's like, hey, I can only give so much where I've given everything I can and they're going to take what they can take from from me and or I can only help to to some extent or, hey, this is what I'm I'm, I'm willing to commit. And I think when you know that up front, go, hey, this is I'm I'm willing to do X amount of time, then it makes it a lot easier to exit if you need to or stick around if you want to as well. You know, the one thing that really burns my butt with anything, real estate, friendships, board members, it doesn't matter what the topic is. It's what people that overpromise and under deliver. You know, yeah. I, I get that people want to be helpful and they have hearts of gold and they go, yeah, 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 yeah. I can do that. I can do that. But then they don't because their schedule doesn't permit them. They're not capable of doing the task. They, you know, their heart is in the right spot, but they can't produce. Yeah. Well, what do they get to be known as? They get to be known as the flake on the board, you know, the <laughs> yeah. one that the one that never the one that never does anything. So if I'm going to commit to something, I want to make sure I can do it. Uh, I, and people that have these really huge hearts that overcommit, well, what good are they really doing? If you're not going to do something and do it well, then yeah. don't do it at all because you know you'd rather be like, oh, she was a great support system. Yeah. Rather than, oh, well, she always promised but never did anything. Like, I don't want to be that person because every <laughs> board and every function has at least one or two of those. It's and you can you can spot them. The, the oh, more involved yeah. you are, you can see them coming. And you, I, yeah. I've been involved in a number of groups and organizations. So, and you can know, it's like, ah, this person's going to overcommit. And, and can't always. 
Always. So do what you love, do what you can commit to and do what you appreciate and do where you can. So like if, so for some boards, it may be just my, my I say my Rolodex because I'm old, but um, <laughs> you know, my phone, uh, do you know how to get a hold of so-and-so on council? Oh yeah, I know him. I have his number. I can call him. What do you need? Like, you know, so sometimes just being a person of in between can be, yep. you know, what they need at yep. the end of the day. You know, politics is always, I've loved the idea of politics. I always thought I would get into politics. People constantly get after me about running for council. But I know that I don't have 20 or 25 hours a week yeah. for $16,000 or whatever they get <laughs> a year. And so I don't want to do that. Do I love the idea of it? Yes. But I don't have the time, energy, and effort to do it properly. So I stay away from it at yep. the end. Of the day. It's, just, it's just maybe another time, you know? Exactly. I know there's a lot of life lessons that you can learn from the organizations and, and the boards that you're on that transpose into your business and, and vice versa. What would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned from being involved in other organizations that you've taken and put into your own real estate business that's uh, had an impact? A lot of it is not what to, it is what not to do. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's, you know, there's always been a few nuggets here and there. You think, oh, that's great. I'll, I'll have to sort of focus on that a little bit. But but what you see with I, I, I would say the biggest answer for, to that for me is when things go wrong or south or you put the wrong people on the board or your bus at work or whatever, how it negatively affects things mm. or how nothing gets done or how they expect things to be done. To me, those are almost more valuable lessons than what they did do because I, it's not like I do everything right. But when you also learn what not to do and how it affects the public. Yep. And you go, oh, that is a life lesson yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So, you know, and how they have to be perceived. So you, you get wider blinders, like, you know, you open up your eyes and you can see and have a lot more empathy for people and you can see your community different and how people react. So therefore you can take it to your own business and hopefully practice the same situation or learn not exactly. what not to do from that, exactly. right? That's something I've always said is that I'd rather learn what not to do than what to do because hmm. it's easier to learn what to do, but to avoid yeah. things and, and to not get yourself down a, a path that you, you could have avoided. Yeah. So that, that's definitely powerful. So it's, it's, we always wrap up with a best piece of advice. So what's one piece of advice that you would give to our viewers if they're thinking of getting involved in the community and getting involved in, in boards and, and committees and things like that? I, I would say don't, don't overthink it. If that's something you want to do, just start somewhere small, get your feet wet and always do something you're interested in. Do something you're interested in, something you have to spend time on doing anyway. So it's sort of a double shot and, and really get your feet wet there and see where that leads you to the next one. If you enjoyed doing it yep. and if you don't enjoy doing it, then don't do it. Do something else. If your thing's about going to the gym, go to the gym. Like yep. it, it, Everybody's got their own thing. That's don't have an expectation and start small. That's yeah, great advice and easy as long as you just stick with it. And you, you, that's right. All the advice, it's, it's well worth it. Uh, so we always wrap up with a best book. So what's one book that you'd recommend that's made an impact in your life or you think would have an impact on our viewers' lives? Hmm. <laughs> How to win friends and influence people. That's like, it's, it's totally such fitting. Simple, <laughs> it's such a simple scenario, but yeah, people do not know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. They work against the grain and they shouldn't, right? Yeah. You catch more bees with honey than vinegar. Like it's a simple concept, really. Yeah, but it's a great, great book. And should be read over and over again and not just once. Like it's something you should check in on a regular basis because you're always growing. So that's awesome. So how can our viewers check out what you're up to, connect with you and find out what you're doing and, and, and find out more about you guys as a whole? Well, 
I'm not hard to find. I'm obviously on social media uh, under uh, teamguernsey.com uh, is our website. Uh, Patricia Guernsey, obviously, I have my own personal profile. Um, I love to connect with people across the country, and I'm always, always willing to talk to anybody if they have a question. Uh, they can always call me. I'm happy to chat with them in any way, shape, or form, just like I know many of my colleagues would do for me if I had a question for them. Which is awesome. And I know the industry appreciates it. And I know I'm sure your community appreciates it as well. The, the accessibility to, to, to you and to be able to connect with you is, is huge and, and valuable. So thank you for sharing your insights and your wisdom and, and your experience with our viewers. I know they're going to get a lot out of this interview. I appreciate that. Thank you for awesome. having me. Thank you. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming. Happy farming.